0: Hello grandkids and welcome to Stunt Granny Audio 900 uh not uh not something that I expected to say and why am I still putting money into this investment lord only knows uh Kevin DeFranco here with uh, the always uh man on the hundreds Eric Nelson how are you doing sir
1: I'm I'm as round as the number 900. Thank you for having me back.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm drinking low-calorie beer because I've eaten a lot of food lately.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, getting old sucks. Um. <laughs> you don't
1: bounce back as fast from a steak dinner or three hamburgers. <laughs> I, I,
0: I had one weekend where it was really terrible. I'm like, I can't get that two pounds back off. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> One and, one hamburger too many, and uh, know, and I things go sideways.
1: This will make me sound like a real Karen, but you know, even Weight Watchers tells you <laughs> that you know your weight's going to naturally fluctuate. I'm like, will you please just fluctuate in one direction? I know that's not the definition of the word, but
2: come on. Man.
1: <laughs> but uh, it's that you know what? It's the beginning of that time of year, as we were talking about before we started. Carly and I just had our anniversary trip, and we ate and drank big, and then. Uh, and then it was Halloween. I'm not going to let the kids have all that candy. Did I go uh, for my share and put it at my desk to eat and try to stretch it out and didn't? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, it was my birthday on the 4th. Did I eat the majority of my birthday cake over the last three days? Of course I did. It's mine. Um, <laughs> It, it's just so – yeah, so I'm opening my fridge door and I'm like, well, I have choice IPAs. I have other assorted things or I've got an expired blue moonlight sky. <laughs> With, uh, let me double check because I think it's only – yeah, uh, 3.6 carbs and 95 calories, folks. It's the citrus wheat uh, version of a slow and painful death. <laughs>
0: hey. Yeah, I'm going to assume that mine is not that low-calorie. We recently went on a trip to see my uh, nephews play baseball and stopped at uh, Elder Pine Brewing in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And uh, I am more than happily drinking their Barrel Age Pramsius Ruler of Time uh, Baltic Porter, and it's uh, 10.5% alcohol.
1: Okay, so my my over under was thirteen, and, I'm, and I was thinking it was going to be like thirteen one or something. So I'm glad to no. hear it was only
0: ten five. <laughs> no, only ten five. Uh, um, so I'm going to okay. guess there's a few more calories sunk into that bad boy than uh, <laughs> the light sky there.
1: If you put that in a backpack, it could probably get you through. Like if you got lost on a hike, you could oh. probably sustain yourself on that. <laughs> uh, G- what would Jesus take the wheel? What was
0: it? <laughs> Pramsius, that ruler of time.
1: Of course, of course, that's what.
0: Yeah, it is. barrel aged Baltic Porter. Uh, it's a it's a style of beer that uh, to me is not out there enough. Uh, it, yeah, it's a. It's a really dark, uh, Porter. Like it's almost a stout, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm and, looking
1: it up right now at craft beard. I should be, oh, I should be trying to look at the full
0: Yeah, it, it, it does kind of, it reminds me of one of the more horrendous, actually the two of our beers reminds me of one of my horrendous beer stories where I didn't quite, uh, appreciate, uh, going to different brands. I went to a tailgate party and had some uh, Seven Sun Black Sparrow, which I believe was a black IPA.
1: Oh, yeah. And,
0: and, and then I drank a regular Blue Moon after that, and it, it was just like, my palate was like, what the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and uh yeah like i uh, now i understand you you drink the hoppy beers after the not hoppy beers you do not do it in the opposite when you go hoppy to not hoppy it's just it, it's a palate wrecker like you you're just setting yourself up for disaster
1: no kidding yeah uh, that's the difference <laughs> for what you do for entertainment you go make love to a beautiful woman And then you go run to five below and get a a slinky. (laughs) (laughs) That analogy doesn't hold up, folks. Uh, I should have hit the mute button, Jeremy.
2: I should have rolled over on that one.
0: Oh well, I mean, anytime we come to a screeching halt, we can always uh, pivot to the uh, the world of professional wrestling.
2: So how about that,
1: Cody Rhodes? Huh? <laughs> hey, by the way, does everyone does anyone else's phone actually work the way Paul Heyman's does, where you just hold it up to your face and say "call" and then whoever? Like I at least have to ask Siri for some help. But are there other are there phones that actually do that, where you just hold it up close to your jowls and tell it to call
0: <laughs> somebody? Call Roman Reigns, yeah, and it actually works. Like it doesn't ever misinterpret him.
1: Yeah, despite the crowd noise. he doesn't have to to talk to the voice assistant by name that's just this is part of his Heyman hustle he's got some open source uh and then turned it into proprietary coded smartphone that can understand
0: i mean hey uh paulie dangerously has been at the forefront of uh, cellular technology for quite some time at this point so
1: the big boxy phone that he used to carry around was so classic I, i caught a clip of uh of Paul E's debut in the NWA back in 80, late of, late '88, and it was uh, it was during a Midnight Express squash, and Jim Cornette is on a phone, on a corded phone at the podium with Tony Schiavone, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I told you never come around here. Well, you're around here. Well, you're a jerk." And he kept like as he was saying the word "jerk," he kept cutting himself off as though that were a dirty word that should not be used on TBS. <laughs> and then seconds later. Here come Dennis Condry and Randy Rose attacking the the current Midnight Express. And then Paulie comes out with his big boxy phone and clocks Cornette in the head. So, dead giveaway, Cornette is wearing a, a white tuxedo shirt and a white tuxedo coat. And when he comes up, he is bleeding, gushing all over the place, all over his white outfit, which was great. But And then part of me was like, I need to go back and look at, like, Wikipedia. I'm like, isn't, like... Wasn't something like this what Dusty Rhodes got shit canned for? Like he booked an angle where he bled all over TV. I know that the Road Warriors are trying to poke his eye out with a spike.
0: Oh jeez. So
1: maybe it was more about that than the blood itself. But I'm like, they're they're getting pretty on uh, tenuous ground here, bleeding all over TV. <laughs> but that was the that was the start of the on screen Paulie with a phone, Jim Cornette with a tennis racket feud. Yeah. Oh.
0: The tennis racket. And crazy <laughs> said, Jim Cornette.
1: Of course, yeah. As I can't remember who, what what manager, I think it was a manager, gave him the advice. Like, if you're going to carry something down to the ring, make it something you can swing at the marks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he definitely needed it in his day. You don't need to worry about it these days, I don't think.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. I always liked his story about... Um, Some fan was at – he was at ringside and he somehow – I think the fan was trying to come after him and had him by – it was like trying to like double leg him or something like that. So he started to crawl into the ring at which point the fan had his ankles and Bobby Eaton had his wrists – and there was like the, the apron part of the ring the ring they were in was maybe like slightly elevated or something like that. So he was uh-huh. like, They're they're tug a warring me back and forth over top of this hard ass lump rail on the edge of the ring. <laughs> oh. And he was like, Bobby, let me go, you're killing me <laughs> He's like, I'd rather I'd rather take out the mark <laughs> than get raked right across the edge of the ring anymore.
0: <laughs> oh man. He has, I gotta admit, he, that's
1: what I'm into. I, gotta, I listen to more nostalgia than I see. I, I catch all my oh. current wrestling through Instagram and YouTube shorts these days. Uh,
0: Yeah, well, and I do think that we might have talked about that the last time you were on the show, which was uh, actually relatively recently. I feel like it was in the yeah. 50s sometime. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, yeah, it's not a bad way to catch it now. Like, I mean, you can definitely get a flavor of what's going on without watching the product now.
1: I what's funny to me and yes, I may have mentioned this last time too is that if you really only followed WWE for instance via what you see on social media whether it's from them or shared from other people, you would think Dominic Mysterio was the biggest star in that company, <laughs> which is cool because he's pretty entertaining actually. But then that got me thinking my stream of consciousness earlier was you know, as Cody Rhodes, So I, I said this offline, too, um, I saw that Triple H posted to Instagram that uh, the War Games poster. Oh. And on the War Games poster is Cody Rhodes up to his nose in water with uh, purple and, and green and black camouflage all over himself. So he looks like when Barry Wyndham was playing the stalker back in the late 90s. <laughs> but he's in the water. And anyway, so it's Cody Rhodes uh, in War Games. And somebody had mentioned uh, in the comments, like, well, boy, they're really making him do all the side missions before he gets to the main event. Um, But it got me thinking, like, well, what does that actually look – what does that translate to on TV? And what what they're doing, holding over until he might wrestle for a title again, is he is trying to, what, save the WWE from the likes of Dominic Mysterio? (laughs) Like, in what alternate reality – is cody rhodes climbing the ladder of success by taking out dominic mysterio uh
0: it's wild that we're at that stage of things uh dominic has been uh, a bit of an evolution in that uh, in that thing and i it, it, i mean he's done his, he's really done his end of the work too like I feel like the last, like, month or two, it's just like, oh, no, he's actually a good wrestler now. Like, fuck him. Like, ah, god damn, you know, like, before you could kind of make fun of that, or even his physique, but uh, it seems like mommy's got him in the gym, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> they I, surrounded him. He's like the, the, the whole package. I shouldn't say surrounded. He and Rhea are a great pair. And yeah, no. his character's entertaining, and the whole jail thing, and then just like, and then the NXT title thing, and kind of floating around, and uh, and just like the way that he's, you know, smartass through social media stuff like that. Like he's, you're right, he's putting the work in for sure. Again, as somebody who catches the stuff in small clips, like I just don't. I don't know. I I, I think I've said stuff like this before, so I'm just like griping unnecessarily like
2: <laughs> what,
1: what are we getting from Damian Priest seriously are we just getting another like here's a dude who's like 6'3 and 215 pounds but kind of looks decent and like uh, he's just got one of those like NXT name generator names he's got then he's got the you know the archers of Ar- Ar- archer, archer
0: of, of infamy
1: Bo- whatever what is that it's that's it's like the what was the name of your beer Oh. Prometheus
0: for- per- Pramsius
1: Pramsius the protector
0: ruler of time the ruler
1: of time it sounds like that's who Dom is in a stable with he's in a stable with pra- Pramius the the minute <laughs> butcher it every time what the fuck is an archer of infamy well here's the thing i don't like infamous stuff so i'm going to shoot an arrow at it oh that i somehow pierce it a little bit so that things aren't infamous anymore except i'm a bad guy so in theory i should be
0: infamous uh yeah i mean don't you always remember from uh three amigos Uh, he's in famous he's he's more than famous
1: yes great (laughs) just as just as timely of a reference as paulie's boxy phone Making Jim Cornette bleed all over TBS.
2: Folks,
0: if you were
1: wondering what was going on 35 years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you definitely came to the right podcast if uh, if that's the content you were looking for.
1: My beer was fresh. The movies were hilarious.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: (sighs) Yeah, what else did I see in the comments recently? Um, Oh. The uh, uh, I don't know if everyone's familiar with this guy. He's like the, the old the, – he's the influencer of all the fuddy-duddies. Uh, Evan Ginsburg is his name, and he's all over Facebook all the time. Great guy. I've chatted with him before. Super nice guy. He's not the fuddy-duddy we are. But uh, he he shared something the other day about how Roman Reigns' combined, to- combined number of days as champion is starting to encroach on Hulk Hogan's. But then there's the infographic. It's like, well, he's only defended the title 56 times. And Hulk Hogan, in 1,100 days, defended it 1,041 times. So clearly Hulk Hogan is a better heavyweight champion than Roman Reigns will ever be. And I'm like, okay, can we first of all start by, by unpacking the fact that you folks are saying that Roman Reigns has defended the title? <laughs> he, it's a work. He's not <laughs> defending anything. Is he doing his, is he doing what he needs to do to be the torchbearer money drawing champion for the company? Like that's the debatable point. But he's oh. defended the title 56 times. He's not defending shit. <laughs> he's yeah, being told well, when to wrestle and then whether to win or lose.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Mr. Hogan was in the same position uh, that many years ago too. <laughs>
1: and clearly I maybe, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the old knee-jerk reaction thing, but I would let me double down on this. Clearly, that shows how much more valuable Hulk Hogan was then compared to what the value that they need out of Roman Reigns now. That they put Hogan on every house show, twice on Sundays, blah, 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 pay-per-views and stuff like that to draw money for the company. As opposed to the guy who's, granted, I enjoy the hell out of what he does. But as champion, like, he doesn't need to be on TV very often. He doesn't even need to go to house shows very often. And the company's doing just fine. Uh,
0: Yeah, they're doing more than fine. I would would wager to say. Uh, You know, they're they're, they're getting some mileage out of this, uh, this merger, for sure. Oh,
1: yeah. Did you see the video of Undertaker and Vince McMahon? being interviewed by some nerd off camera about uh, about what they thought of Dana White and some of the other things about the merger. Oh, no. I don't remember all the details except for the guy, the interviewer, you could tell was just like, he was like, I'm a huge nerd and I've been watching wrestling forever and I have a camera and a microphone and nobody ever gets to talk to Vince McMahon, so I'm going to be his best friend. So he started asking him questions like, <laughs> Oh, don't you remember when you were busting Dana White's balls about such and such and such? And Vince was like, no. <laughs> just shut that guy down. Man.
2: <laughs>
1: and then Undertaker was just trying to play Peacemaker the whole time. He's like, we have a good product. They have a good product. Everybody's going to be fine.
0: Uh, oh yeah, of course. Undertaker's like been featured at a number of UFC bouts. So, I mean, no kidding. He's going to be the one to kind of broker the peace in that regard.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I wish I could remember the other stuff this guy tried to ask McMahon to try to get like the soundbite that he wanted. But I mean, oh, that's he everything.
0: just failed miserably at every turn.
1: It was great. Vince played the guy like a fiddle, and you and you could see Taker just like. Uh, dude, I'll bail you out. Like, <laughs> I, I've still got my relationship with Vince. I'm not worried about that. If you need me to save you, like, if you need to, if you need to fill some dead air, I'll answer your stupid questions <laughs> diplomatically.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, I'm almost disappointed that I have not seen this now.
1: If I run across it again, I'll share it with you. <laughs> And, of course, Vince. I love how Vince McMahon is still transitioning into Vincent Price. You know, he's got that weird pencil mustache, but it's in a weird spot. And, and so, like, you can't really tell if he's smiling. And he's also just got the the big puckered-up pursing, pursing lips and the big puffy cheeks and everything. So you can't really tell. Like, so he looks like he might be kind of smiling at the interviewer until he's like, No. <laughs> Next.
0: Uh, yeah, that mustache is just... It is something else.
1: His girlfriend must love it.
0: <laughs> oh, yep. Yep, sure. Whoever
1: whoever he and John Cena are out double dating with, whoever she is, she must love this look.
0: It oh. probably
1: looks like money. It probably looks like free dinner. <laughs>
0: Uh, i just bring you on for one show and things uh just uh go completely to hell when the hand yeah was,
2: this, is, this is
1: the amtrak episode where we <laughs> just go off the rails within the first 15 minutes <laughs> uh, that was a dated reference what was the what was the oh boy too soon what was the uh, railroad accident 2023 yeah it was was
0: in East Palestine so I know it was in Ohio sorry
1: dude sorry whoops (laughs) not too soon and
2: too close sorry
0: Uh, well no that was the other thing about the whole situation it's just like no it's in Ohio but it's called East Palestine like you know it's not trying to make fun of or reference uh, what is going on (laughs) over in that other part of the world there There are
1: there are two damn many current events.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, just like, yeah, just like wrestling. Uh, the, the the wealth of information is uh, is hard to bring in in, uh, in totality.
1: It is. In fact, just, just because you said that, I'm actually going to go to ProWrestling.net and see if there's anything that I haven't seen, like a little... Snippet of, of oh so WWE announces that the CW will be the next home of NXT. Jesus, is there any what's on the CW anymore besides my 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 ABC news at nine o'clock or whatever it is? Like what what is CW nowadays?
0: Oh, I have no idea. I did not even see that news.
1: It's pretty it's pretty so. new news, uh, and I'm sorry, my. I love you, Jason Powell, but your website is playing videos that I do not want to listen to.
0: Anymore. Oh I trying my! Trying to read news.
1: Come oh my God!
0: It 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 is. I I make sure when I set up to have muted all of the tabs before <laughs> I even attempt to call whomever I'm talking to for that podcast. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's
0: funny. Oh it's a, it is it, it is such a nightmare now. It's just like, it's yeah, it's the one thing I say to Jeremy sometimes. I'm like, do I really want to be working for these type of advertisements, or do I just like the very legitimate job that I procured because I went to college? Yep. Yeah, I like that there one. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that one pays pretty well.
1: <laughs> I, I will give adjacent credit that these ads do not look like they're installing malware on my computer oh. like back in the late 90s yeah. and early 2000s those websites did but like i i apologize folks for those for the none of you who could hear that as i'm trying to navigate his site and learn more about the C- so apparently cw is like investing a bunch of money in sports it says
0: oh uh, i did forget who is it said the acc network is playing on the cw that could be yeah. ACC football and basketball. Yep. Okay. NFL yeah, because uh, to... before Pitt season completely fell to hell in a handbasket territory, uh, I watched okay. a game on the CW.
1: Okay.
0: Oops. Forgot right. about that.
1: Um. So interesting. So SmackDown is on USA uh, next whenever this happens, and now twenty-four
0: sometime, happen. like yeah. late in twenty-four, I th- believe.
1: They'll probably do it like September, October, like one of those season premiere sort of deals.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like it's somewhere in that area. Might even be November. Yeah. So, so now the
1: question is, where does Raw go? Does it stay on USA? Uh, where else might it go in the uh, in the NBC Universal Comcast family? Uh, uh,
0: yeah, that part seems to be something that's going to stick, I feel like.
1: I would... Why not? Like, they... Uh, what the hell else is on USA anymore? Like, I could... Even, like, five years ago, I could have rattled off a couple of shows that were on the USA network. Now, oh. like, do they... What Do they show anything besides, like, uh, uh, Horrible Bosses 2 over and over again? I feel like that's, like, their vibe right now.
0: Or, uh, yeah. I, I'm with you. Like, there was that time period there where I was watching a ton of USA shows, like... I love, uh, you got me into psych way back, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. it, it, then, uh, what was it? Uh, I, I liked suits actually, uh, b- before all the, you know, weirdness with the princes and whatnot came out. Uh, um, I'm trying to think, what was all oh, burn notice with, uh, Bruce yep. Campbell and a couple yep. other people there who were the main characters, but I can't remember their names to save my life. Same,
1: but yeah. Great shows. So I'm looking right yeah. now, USA Original. So Chucky has his own show on USA. Oh, that yeah. actually tracks. That makes that takes me back to the late '90s, like the Silk Stockings era. <laughs> like, we're not quite Skinemax, but we'll we'll do a little bit of violence, or even back farther to the like the the USA Up All Night era, where they would show a couple of horror movies in a row, but they're also kind of bad, like Tremors Eight or whatever. So
0: oh, you know. and they I guess they always have had kind of their racy. Um, action shows, because what? Wasn't La Femme Nikita one of the earlier uh, uh, USA shows?
1: Yep, for sure. And then whatever turn they took, where Walker, Texas Ranger was the lead into Monday Night Raw during the Suck It era. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now, yeah, so they've got a show called Temptation Island, which I believe is reality dating. Oh. trash. And they also have a show, and I'm going to click on it, and I don't know what I'm going to get retargeted with, but it's called The Big D. Uh, oh, six divorced couples meet in Costa Rica for a second chance at love. So another reality dating show. So.
0: Uh, yeah, that one, I, I kind of wanted to discuss that one with Jeremy to see if uh, if he ever would have wanted to participate in such activity. You know, like, uh, I would have been, like, there would have been no jealousy is the problem that I would have had. Like, yeah, no, fucking have her. Like, <laughs> like.
1: my god
0: that'd
1: be great yeah they should call that donation island
0: it's
1: like i brought this shit to goodwill because i don't want it anymore (laughs)
0: uh yeah i I mean just by the time we would have done such a show i definitely would have been in that mode like it's so funny to watch like i mean all the previews are like oh you know i can't believe you're doing this right in front of me and it's just like huh You got divorced, motherfucker. Like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Like, I don't know what happened, but no, fuck the other person.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Here's one that didn't last very long. Straight up Steve Austin. I can't believe that it was on this long ago because I feel like I was watching commercials for it like a week or two ago. But I... You know what I'm going to Wikipedia oh. it too. So Steve Austin
0: That was pre pandemic era.
1: Uh close. It was so I'm looking at one that says that season two, episode eight, with Charlotte Flair, because it obviously got to a point where they had to rely on WWE superstars. Once once they'd gone through the twelve celebrities that would actually do the show with him, uh season two, episode eight aired on uh March eighth of
0: twenty one. Oh, okay. A little so, more recent than I thought.
1: Well, season one would have been potentially during or just right before COVID. But uh, really, like, that's, I guess that's what, yeah, no, Gabriel Iglesias was 19, mm-hmm. September of 19. Oh. So, yeah, I guess um, August uh, August of 19. I can't believe it was that long ago. But, uh oh, Steve, dude, just stick with the podcast. He needs to go back to podcasting. That was the best.
0: Uh Oh, I I guess I don't even know what he's doing
1: now. Mm-mm. I don't know if he's doing anything. He's probably just between reality TV shows.
0: Uh, Yeah, just he. I'm still shocked that Nikki Bella got a second season out of Barmageddon, to be quite honest with that. you. Yeah, yeah. And that was one where, yeah, I mean, we're talking about USA shows. The wife and I, she's like, oh, yeah, she loved uh, Blake Shelton on uh, The Voice. So she's like, yeah, let's give this a shot. Uh, you know, it has one of your wrestling ladies in it, so let's let's roll <laughs> with it. Uh-huh. And just, truly, I'm like, I guess I just wasn't that entertained. I'm not surprised. You know, like, it wasn't the most awful thing I've ever seen, but it still feels weird that someone's, like, they're playing for someone's internet redemption was what the theme was. And it's just like, well, then why doesn't that person play for their own redemption? Like, it's weird that you have a celebrity doing it for them, you know, especially at this point. Like, I, I, I... it's one thing to go uh, $10,000 pyramid. I know. Again, another recent fucking reference.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. With uh, God, who was the host of that? Was Dick Clark was the host of that show back yeah. when we were kids. Uh,
0: yeah, and I feel like there might have been uh, someone else. But, you know, like, I, I guess I just don't feel like that idea is set up to have a popular prox you know like a uh, a well-known proxy like i feel like you need a different setup for people that are on there like even if they're just random contestants like it almost makes it better yeah <laughs> or, for or more reasonable yeah like I, you're not getting any internet redemption because fluffy shoots uh, uh i don't I, I i was trying to think of a good uh you know like giant size bar game and failing miserably like, yeah
2: like a giant dart
0: <laughs> yeah because well oh yeah they keep on showing the one preview of and i can't believe someone missed through throws an axe that poorly uh quite <laughs> frankly because uh, uh, i've been axe a throwing a couple of times and it's n- it's not that hard
1: It's really not that hard, but the last time I went, I did so poorly for the first, like, 12 throws that when I finally got one point, the whole fucking place erupted. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I wasn't this bad last time, but, boy, everything was just... Thud, 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 sparks on the ground.
0: <laughs> oh, man. The, we took my uh, nephew uh, when he was here in the summer, and it was fun because they had knives. And I'm like, ooh. Whoa. Let's That's go. Cool. That's <laughs> super
2: cool.
1: That would be fun. Um, I had to try I had to switch up my axe, though. I'm like, well, what about the longer one? What about the heavier one? Um, couldn't get anything to go. I don't know what the hell my problem was. Oh, speaking of acts, uh, I saw another one of these things I see as I'm skimming the internet. Is um, Did you see what uh, – it was a few premium live events ago, whatever one it was, Fast fast Break or Fast Lane or whatever I think it was. Yeah, Fast Lane. So somebody was walking – Fast Lane. So somebody was walking down the aisle and the camera was following them and they caught somebody's sign, sign in the crowd that asked – why was Axe's hair, so Demolition, why was Axe's hair so nice as Survivor Series 90? <laughs> They're like, that's a real, that's a really good question. Because if anybody has watched Survivor Series 90, or or frankly, if anybody has watched it as often as I have, um, they saw the first match was Warrior and LOD and Texas Tornado against... Mr. Perfect, and all three members of Demolition, and as Axe is walking down, especially knowing what we know now about how he left the company very shortly after, instead of the slicked-back hair with, like, the glitter sprinkled in it, he just had big, poofy, like, Huey Lewis hair. (laughs) It was, like, perfectly quaffed. It was amazing. So he...
0: I I don't know why I don't remember this honestly. I'll
1: uh, I so I'll only I'll be able to share a picture with you if I can find it. But um he got online and he explained why um for the for the you know the limited uh, uh, um description that he gave. It kind of makes sense though. He said this is my big FU to Vince cuz I knew I was on my way out. But I'm like well like, I don't know how big of an FU it really could be. Let's see. I can chat with you, can't I? If I go here and hit that button, I can send you a link. Uh, sorry, friends. You're just going to have to bear with us while we share <laughs> Oh, issues.
0: my and God. Yeah, I just pulled it up uh, online.
1: Okay, good. Isn't that great? <laughs> like, you just had big, poofy hair that night.
0: Uh, yeah, and- I mean, that is very... Uh yeah party in the front uh, or uh, business in the front party in the back
1: yeah he looks like he should be playing like rhythm guitar <laughs> for Huey Lewis in the news yeah but what he says he said it was my last day and so that was my fu to Vince but what I love about that response is that in his mind that was him saying F you to his soon- to be former boss you know what like I could see Barry Darso like dude are you going to slick your hair back? We're like two minutes to match time. Like, I think is counting down out there. Like, are you going to slick your hair back and put glitter in it? Like you always do. And Billy no. is like, eh, that's, that's a Vince idea. I'm more of a Billy guy myself. I'm more of a me guy. I'm not going to slick my hair back and sprinkle glitter in it. I'm just going out like this. Cause F him. <laughs> That was the big FU Like literally like I could have seen people In worse moods in worse times In wrestling who had face paint like him Literally putting like like fuvkm or something like that On your face paint right at the last minute As an actual FU to Vincent McMahon Instead he's like I'm gonna leave my hair poofy I'm good
0: Yeah I mean Talk about sticking it to the man
1: Oh boy I can just, I mean, Vince was probably hanging on to that last royalty check a couple extra hours. (laughs) Damn it, don't put it in the mail. That son of a bitch
0: didn't
1: put glitter in it. (laughs) And that's that's what I'm seeing these days. That's what's keeping me interested in the world of professional wrestling. (laughs)
0: Oh yeah I, well it, you know it is kind of funny I, I I am looking forward to uh attending a professional wrestling uh, event uh, that being this Friday's Smackdown with uh with uh, superfan Josh Mustachio and his uh children uh so I have not been to a professional wrestling event with a child since I was a child so ah.
1: Let me ask you this. How old is the child or how old are the children? Do you know? Uh,
0: Cannot remember.
1: Okay. Do you have a a vague idea or a range? Like, And I'll ask... Uh, 11 to 8 or
0: 12 to 9.
1: I shouldn't say better as in like when I went it was bad because when I went it was fine. But the last time I went to a wrestling show with a kid, it was my buddy who had a 4-year-old. And it was... It was Raw, but it was it was the week before Christmas that year where they did Live Raw and then they taped a little bit to show the next week, so it kind of got long in the tooth. And the kid went from cheering and booing very quickly to laying on his dad's lap and about to fall asleep. So 12 to 9 is probably a better age range. Um, I went with a four-year-old and, <laughs> and like, hey, what do you think of this match? Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Can't sleep <through> this, <laughs> i'm gonna go get several beers do you want any
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not uh too too worried uh about anyone falling asleep plus smackdown i don't think they're doing any uh funny shenanigans uh so it's just gonna be whatever you know a two plus hour show like i think it starts officially at like 15 minutes prior to the actual SmackDown. Like, I think it starts at 745 officially.
2: Oh, do they
1: tape anything before or after SmackDown though? Do they not like, oh, I'll be honest, man, what even shows are there anymore? Like, like you said, there is no shortage of wrestling footage and tele- television. Um, I I bel- superstars, main event, velocity, uh, heat.
0: <laughs> I believe superstars still exists. Uh, is
1: there a reason why?
0: Uh, I, oh, I that is one that I've got no uh, answer for you on.
1: Because that's how Akira Tozawa gets twenty five more title reigns.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh man! Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I I, I can't is- believe how relevant he has become. Uh, yeah. It it's weird like I like him as a wrestler but I'm like this is just yeah it's just weird it you, is. You, you become a thing because you're doing the fake Richard Simmons workout video I mean that's what it seems to be inspired by I mean and I'm not even the one making the old reference at this point that's uh Triple H or whomever is working for him because Akira Tozawa <laughs> definitely has a very, um, Richard Simmons vibe to him with that look.
1: Oh yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me to. I mean, to simplify my thought here, WWE has a long history of make of of infantilizing Japanese wrestlers. They're oh. just generally making them look silly. Like uh, Taka Michinoku back in the late '90s, like. You know, he was just like I don't know. I, I want to say he he had a couple of tag matches with JBL or something like that, and he was just like, you know, he was the he was the small, impish, tiny, uh, Japanese wrestler who acted like a little kid who couldn't say like every. I feel like. Almost to date, like every Japanese wrestler in WWE history has cut some version of a promo that includes, you jackass! (laughs) Because in Vince's mind, it's hilarious that that's the only American word, English word that they know, the American phrase or whatever. You jackass! So to see that Akira Tozawa's gimmick right now is trying to get in good with Alpha Academy by working out like Richard Simmons doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh,
0: considering that Vince is not really involved in this is really what makes it surprising, quite frankly. Oh,
1: well, good point. Good point,
0: yeah. Vince's <laughs> mustache
1: isn't booking the show as, uh, involved anymore. Well, something's got to, you know, when, it's, when, when you marry a McMahon, you get her DNA. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, not, not really one of the, uh, the bright spots of, uh, of Triple H's, uh, run here.
1: Yeah. Who's, I don't who's even in charge of writing Raw anymore?
0: Uh, that, well, that's kind of funny. Like it, it's Triple H and you don't hear about the writers anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like that used to be a thing about who the writers are. And now it's just, And, I mean, even under Vince for the last uh, handful of years, I don't feel like it was a thing.
1: Yeah, at least not, like, (laughs) excuse me, at least not at the level of, like, that sort of celebrity that they used to have, like, you know, when Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara turned themselves into celebrity head writers. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was that stretch, of course, the Brian Gewirtz and the, and then just, like, then we knew too much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so uh yeah it, i was thinking that gewertz was probably one of the last like really big names to come out of it like i feel like there is still a lot of like you know name throwing out there Cause i like i even want to i i remember mick foley's uh dewey i believe became a writer at some point like i don't know if he's there still or not like but that that was a quote-unquote bigger name that I remember recently. And I don't even remember when that was, uh, honestly. And I'm not interested enough to look it up.
1: <laughs> it couldn't have been too long ago because I know Foley talked a lot about it uh, on his podcast, which he has since really tempered down to once a month. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, Jonathan Bagstrump. B-A-E-C-K-strump. Is the is the guy's name who is the lead writer for Monday Night Raw? So I was interested enough to look it up. Uh, he looks like he's 28, so that's interesting. Um, not saying that's a good or bad thing. Um, his oh his LinkedIn profile, um, which I will oh. also share with. Unless you can find it quickly. Um,
0: uh, you know, I'm not looking quickly. for that still. I know, you said you didn't. <laughs> on,
1: on his LinkedIn profile, he's got one of those like banner images across the top that still has Edge in it. Uh, Jonathan Bags from... Like, oh, that
0: know. feels very AEW of him. Because, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was about in tears because I feel like I saw something recently with them where... Was Cody Rhodes in the ad, and I'm like, "Oh my God, guys, come on,
2: <laughs>
0: come like, on!" Of all the people.
1: Yeah, of all the of all the facts to not check.
0: Yeah, Jonathan really needs, team needs team to team update team. his LinkedIn here.
1: I know. I kind of want to. Um, I want to download this image and I want to take it into some sort of Photoshop and remove edge and replace it with somebody current and send it back to him. Be like I got you, man. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> parlay, parlay that into some side stream, side hustle. Get in good with the business, and then I can, then I can talk to Vince McMahon. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, funny. He's got his Gmail account listed here as his, his contact information. Oh his yeah. Val- his the values that he brings uh, to his employers. Storytelling. Okay, sure. Tireless work ethic. I should certainly hope so. And proactive <laughs> adaptability. Boy, buzz, buzz, buzz terms. Areas of expertise in linear narrative and dialogue writing. Now, nah, whatever. But he has been for four, almost five years, a VP and the lead writer of Monday Night Raw. Before that, he was the lead writer for 205 Live. Well, that might explain the Akira Tozawa thing. Oh. <laughs> and then... Just a normal writer for Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Graduated from Notre Dame in in 12. Okay, so if that was 12 and that's 23, so he would be about 33 years old. Okay. Just think, what, what was I doing at 33? <laughs> I was not the lead writer for Monday Night Raw. Uh,
0: yeah. Um. Good Lord, that's a long time ago.
2: <laughs> twenty twelve.
0: Oh yeah, that I would have been in the midst of uh, of the divorced era, I believe.
2: Dude, yeah,
1: but you came to my wedding in twenty twelve.
0: Uh, oh, yep. Okay, that, that was after the divorced world. era, then.
1: Yeah, if that tells you how long ago it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) None of it, good news. (laughs) Uh, The other reason to just do this thing, someone's going to listen to this podcast well after I'm dead for some random reason. Yeah. (laughs) And the joke's going to be on that dumb motherfucker who ends up listening to it.
1: (laughs) you put this in the time
0: capsule? <laughs> they're, they're, a- they're finally shutting down iTunes and for some reason, someone listens to Stunt Granny Audio episode 900 just because. <laughs> they're <laughs> a- archiving it like, because uh, what was it? Geocities they got archived out of Oblivion?
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh my god. I, I think I made one Geocities website. It was for my... <laughs> Band in high school called Dirty Laundry. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you what the address even was. I'm sure there were Tildes in it. I'm sure there were three, at least three slashes. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking of maybe. We'll see how things shake out. I'm thinking about going to Monday Night Raw here in Des Moines on December 18th. But it's going to be another one of those. December 18th, folks. Do the math. That's seven days before Christmas. So I might be stuck in four-hour hell or no probably five potentially if they did like a three-hour raw and then taped a bunch of shit for the next oh my god i just talked myself out of going <laughs> there's no way in hell i am going to monday night raw in des moines iowa on december 18th where everybody brings their R game there's no fucking way.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that one uh, is a possibility that it could get a little, uh, a little long. Ugh. No thanks. The
1: last, the last good thing that happened on Monday Night Raw in Des Moines was June of '97 when uh, Paul Bearer told everybody that Kane was still alive, <laughs> and then Undertaker came down and slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> And then before that, it was Hulk Hogan and Zeus. Zeus was in the in the way of the steel cage for the fight against Boss Man. So I don't I don't anticipate a very newsworthy Monday Night Raw on either the 18th or the 25th of December. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Well, I, I have no idea what it's so funny because I went on a, a little trip this past weekend. Still haven't finished. Uh, Crown Jewel, the pre the, the most recent premium live event, I have not even thought about watching Raw yet. Uh huh. And are, are
1: you caught up on the results though of Crown Jewel? Do you uh, know
0: what yeah, I am aware of all of the results. I, well, I shouldn't say all the. I definitely know one of the matches that I have because I definitely caught. Uh, it's still wild to me, and uh maybe uh your your thoughts are worthwhile on it uh Logan Paul being a bona fide uh w w e superstar at this uh, at this juncture
1: I'm glad you mentioned that it was another one of these things that I saw scrolling the internet where it was the uh it was the clip of mysterio doing i believe it was some sort of springboard moon salt lion salt type thing in the ring and and something might have gone awry and Logan Paul caught him in a way that everyone was like, Logan Paul just saved Ray Mysterio's life. And then there was a debate and it was like the, kind of the bigger headline was, you know, well, if anybody doubts whether Logan Paul should, you know, it should be a, an accredited professional wrestler and blah, blah, blah. Like who else, who else could you count on to catch a man before he flips to his ultimate death or whatever. And I'm like, no matter what the nerd debate is below that, like, Logan Paul is a gigantic global superstar. He obviously likes professional wrestling. He keeps getting asked back. Like, they didn't ask Lawrence Taylor back, you know?
0: <laughs> right. So,
1: and what other whatever other dated references I can think of. And if this is true, that to me, yeah. Like, I'm sure there have been hundreds of documented and thousands of undocumented times when a trained professional wrestler caught another trained professional wrestler and kept him from serious injury. And if Logan Paul did it, great. Good. Like, okay. He's a qualified wrestler and he's a money, he, whether he's a draw, I can't really tell. Cause what draws in WWE anymore, but he's a bonafide no. star and he's a okay enough wrestler to keep coming back. And as far as like what he can do in the ring, he can clearly keep his opponent safe and he's not embarrassing himself. Like Steve McMichael or whatever.
0: Oh, and I, so
1: fine, so I, fine. He's got a belt. That's a, they. It's not like they don't hand out belts at the, at the turnstile. For Christ's sake! Like I'm the women's tag team champion. So who cares if he's U.S. champ? Am I, my, that's just my oh, general, uh, potpourri yeah, of thoughts on the whole thing.
0: It, it's kind of funny that there are still some people like. I kind of get the whole uh, Japanese Death Forest. People still hate him for that, but I'm like. Good God, guys, like, I mean, that seems like it was forever ago, and yeah, sometimes you do some dumb shit when you're younger. Uh, All of us did not televise it, so, uh, you know, we can't be persecuted for it. It's just like, uh, yeah, he's kind of an adult now, and he's got his shit together. Like, these things happen. Like, just roll with it here, people. I know.
1: Yeah, there's a point where some of those things... Just, yeah, they're in your past. Plus, I will say this, too. If anybody, again, is up in arms like, well, Logan Paul shouldn't be hell, hold a, the prestigious championship in professional wrestling because that just diminishes the value of the belt. First of all, who cares? Stop it. You're the same people who are like, well, Roman Reigns shouldn't be He's the he's fed at the time yeah. 56 times in the last three. So what? The, the, like, the,
0: that bridge was crossed when David Arquette was the WCW champion. Like, right, right, right. Any, any argument going with that angle since that time period? Just yeah. nope, null and void in my book. Just yeah. I'm, I'm moving along.
1: And, and I would say too that rest that especially WWE has moved on to the point where it's almost like. A a, a periodic, not periodic, a serialized show with an ensemble cast where sometimes you're the main character and sometimes you're in the background and sometimes you skip a week. Like, oh, not every single episode of The Walking Dead was about Rick. Sometimes there's an episode about Michonne (laughs) and sometimes there's an episode about Daryl. And sometimes Logan Paul is going to come on and perse- to defend your prestigious uh, United States title with a 103-year lineage that, uh, well, if you remember the greats like uh, Johnny Valentine, certainly, you know, Sully the good name of Johnny Valentine, Wahoo McDaniel, and, of course, the feud 1977 between Rick Flair, Ric and Steve. Oh, I mean, good, Kevin, uh, Logan Paul, give me a break. Fuck off. Like... It's just, it's an ensemble cast putting on hours, endless hours of semi-entertaining television. (laughs) And he happens to be a star that brings attention to it, and if he happens to have a belt, also fine, whatever. But again, if the debate is, well, is he even qualified? Like, Rey Mysterio didn't seem to mind, so what the fuck should you care?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Well, and I mean, it's just wild in general, like I can't believe how much work a lot of these guests have put in, quite frankly. Because like, he's not the only one. Bad Bunny has had yeah. two super entertaining matches. Johnny Knoxville crushed a, a ridiculous match. And yep. it's just like, uh, I know that he's not going to wrestle on the regular, but what? Bad Bunny has just zero reason to be in the WWE the man is raking in enough money. Like he, he doesn't need their help whatsoever.
1: Totally. Exactly. <laughs> but when he gets in there, he doesn't completely embarrass himself.
0: So, yeah. It's it, it, it like, I, it's kind of crazy. Like what it's turned into compared to like, like you said, like, I mean, we made fun of <laughs> Mongo McMichael, like his whole career, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't a
1: short career. No. You know, he was in WCW longer than, like, Ludwig Borgo was in the WWF. And yet, his clotheslines look like shit. He missed spots all the time. He almost dumped. His finisher was a tombstone. The last goddamn person I'm going to let tip me upside down and drop me on my head is Steve Mongo McMichael. Are you fucking kidding me? Or, like,. Carl Malone and his clotheslines where he'd stick his arm out and the guy would hit him and he'd spin around backwards because his clotheslines were so bad. Like Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, or as I like to call him, Bad Bunny, because I think that's how he says his <laughs> name. <laughs> it's so great. And I'm Bad Bunny. I'm going to be on SNL this week. Bad Bunny's awesome and and is good for what he does when he comes in. And, yeah, Johnny yeah. Knoxville, even Snoop. Like Snoop is a 50-year-old, tiny, skinny rapper who like everyone when he beat the miz at wrestlemania was like that was great like he did what he needed to do great he saved the show sort of thing yeah
0: uh, yeah that was wild the 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 fact that that man had the where wherewithal to figure out what to do after shane mcmahon blew out his knee is i know it yeah that's still one of those mind-numbing things it's just like huh like that's how much some of the people that do get involved in wrestling that are popular know about wrestling. Yeah, like yeah. where they're just like, oh yeah, this is kind of second nature. Like this is what a wrestler would do, and it works. Yeah, that's
1: great. <laughs> yeah, and, and it just it just goes to show like they're fans too. You know, uh, they're yeah. not in it for. Of course, the paycheck's great, I'm sure, but it's not like they're in it for the paycheck. You know, like celebrities <laughs> used to be. So. I don't know. More power to them. They're doing what they need to do to entertain us beyond the level that we expected to be entertained. And oh. goes to that. And, and again, I'm not going to hold it against somebody for cash and a paycheck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if WWE is going to keep giving Logan Paul money to do the Logan Paul stuff that Logan Paul does. Fine. Like when he was, you know, berating Ricochet and you know talking to Samantha, the ring announcer. I'm like, this is kind of great.
0: Uh, yeah, there is not a lot that gets straight up booed sometimes these days. Like people, that might be the biggest downside of people being in on it for the most part is that I I, I do feel like maybe the bad guys get a little more cheering than they used to, Uh, but still there are some people that just hit a nerve so well, uh, that, uh, they they keep them off of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, Logan Paul's one of them because he, yeah, when you're skeevy with the, with the very attractive ring announcer who is, uh, engaged to another one of the wrestlers, like <laughs> that'll get you some genuine heat. Like people are like, no, leave them alone.
1: <laughs> it's great too, because like, I don't know if he came up with what he was saying on his own or what kind of deal he struck with, like what he actually says. Yeah. As opposed to these clearly scripted promos that are just overwritten, overthought, gotcha moments. Like, the difference between Logan Paul telling Samantha, what's her name, Irvin? Irvin, yeah. Irvin telling her, uh, you're going to say my name. As opposed to, like, CM Punk like telling Triple H, like, I'd hit you in the balls, but they're already in Stephanie's purse. And then waiting for 10,000 people to go, oh, when it's like, that was stupid, kind of. Like, that was a <laughs> stupid line. But you're supposed to be the cool one. Like, dumb.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, working a little too hard for that one.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, again, it just goes to show, like, bring these guys in to do what they're good at. I'm not saying bring in Nate Bargatze as your next 24-7 champion or anything. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, don't uh, look against these people when they're okay at what they do. They exceed expectations, and don't, uh, don't,
0: don't. You know that uh, comedians can't thrive in this environment, Eric. How I dare don't you?
1: Know. Drew, Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble is one of my top five Royal Rumble moments of all time. Actually, uh, him just like walk willingly walking over the top rope when
2: Kane came out was pretty funny. Uh,
0: yeah, because didn't he hand him money before yeah. walking yeah. over the top? Yeah, like yeah, it was definitely one of those more memorable moments. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: Kevin, I don't know. I'm just a grumpy old man anymore. What the hell?
0: Uh, I mean, the, the old fart I, in the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do enjoy the new stuff. There's certainly some it's yeah it's just a lot like i i think that's why i'm like yeah just keep watching the clips like you get the highlights like i i just can't believe how out there it is honestly
1: yeah yep uh you know what i i we almost made it an entire show with nary a reference to aew but one thing i did see after uh the rated r superstar adam (laughs) colpon made his debut was uh when christian told him to go fuck himself
2: <laughs> I'm
1: like that might be uh, that other than what was it the other day i think it was on nxt oh god where the guy it must have been the halloween show or some version of that halloween havoc or something yeah. like that where the guy came to the ring dressed as brad armstrong and he came to the ring to journey separate ways Probably my number one moment in wrestling this year. But uh, oh, God, what was I saying? Oh, but second only to that would be Christian telling Edge to go fuck himself. I don't even need to watch wrestling matches anymore. I just need sound bites and clips because that shit's great. Like my buddy uh, texted me, he's like, you got, If you go, you gotta go back and watch this match with the thing, and he did this flip, and it was a table. And then I started watching something, and I saw the journey separate ways. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch any matches. Nothing's gonna top <laughs> this. That is the best wrestling theme song I've heard, oh, maybe in the last 30 years. Um, and that's all I need. That's all I need, Kevin.
0: Yeah, understand. I mean, I guess that's the other thing is they really do put out the hits online, like in those Instagram clips. Like they're not putting out the. You know, it's just like any reality show. Like, you're waiting through a lot of shit to get to the content that hits the TV.
1: You know what's funny? Sorry. Total, total random thought based on this topic is I was just, I was going to make the joke. Like, yeah, you never see somebody in a rear chin lock on Instagram. Oh. But the strange thing about that is I was – the first person I thought of, first two people are Honky Tonk Man and Barry Darso, and their, their rest move in the middle of the match was always to like – the guy would be sitting down and he'd get behind him and he'd grab by the chin with one hand and the back of the head by the other hand oh. and twist their neck for about yeah. seven minutes.
0: The old head crank. Uh,
1: that was great. For the medium of choice at the time, which was wrestling magazines, because that would give the photographer time to run around to that side of the ring and take a picture of, of the star grimacing, making a face, looking mean, mugging for the camera, and the, the jobber or whatever with his face all squished up, making it look like Honky Tonk Man was doing damage to the guy, which came across great in a photo for a magazine 35 years ago. But, yeah, now, like, they could never get away with They They have to, like you just said, they got to do their greatest hits and their, oh. and their golden nugget mo- moments on the Instagrams of the world because you're not going to show somebody in a rear chin lock on Instagram.
0: <laughs> oh, no. The days of rear chin locks. Like, unless Randy Orton makes a comeback at some point, <laughs> we are never, ever seeing a, an extended rear chin lock. Yeah, uh, it, 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 in Jonathan, our lifetime.
1: Jonathan B. Axstrom is telling him, like I'm going to need you to optimize your match for Instagram this week."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I would hate to be in that meeting. Like, I can see that happening too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could, I could. Like three months ago, I could have seen Vince like, "Shut up, you fucking nerd."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that Triple H is before. fully involved, yeah, let's get the TikTok views.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we went viral, Triple H. Great. <laughs> Do another flip.
0: Oh man.
1: Well, uh, my uh, my blue moon light sky citrus wheat with 95 calories is unfortunately empty, <laughs> and I think so is my interest in wrestling for the next hundred episodes. <laughs> I'm kidding I don't have to it doesn't have to be a round number to come chat wrestling with you Kevin Uh,
0: yeah I mean it uh, those things do help but uh, yeah the intermediate ones have been uh, have been nice and uh, just babbling about nonsense has just been built into this program Uh, at least with Jeremy and I uh, Call on
1: the right supplemental <laughs> host
2: for that.
0: Uh, you know, there's always a lot of sports talk uh, with, with with Jeremy, and uh, I, I still do kind of uh, in some ways. Uh, I'm a little disappointed uh, having known Ken for <laughs> as long as I have, which is the second grade, which is a, in an insanely long amount of time for <laughs> knowing anyone not in your family.
1: well when when my when my primary sport is iowa hawkeye football i don't have a whole hell of a lot to say when your team's offense can be measured in inches and the offensive coordinator who's the son of the head coach is getting shit canned because he couldn't meet the required number of points per game i don't have a whole lot to talk about i don't even care if we're seven and two like, we're the shittiest 7-2 and two team in NCAA football <laughs> history, so I got oh, nothing to say. I
0: mean, they got pasted by Penn State.
1: Sure. Well, yeah.
0: I, that, my in-laws went up to that game, and I was up there during that day uh, and just not participating with anyone and wearing Steelers stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just, just y'all can just, your yins can get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: I don't know. This is a couple of weeks back. The uh, the punt returner uh, and kickoff returner. I think he does both. That shows what I know for the Hawkeyes. That uh, he was. It was the last play. It was the play that they. It was the play where he scored the touchdown. But as he was waiting for the ball to come, and he's like running across the field to get to it. He's what he said was he was waving off his uh, teammates, like "Get out of my way! I'm going to catch this ball and run with it." And he caught it and he ran. And he uh, ran, uh, escaped a couple of tackles, and he ran it in for a touchdown. And we should have won that game; it would have been seventeen to twelve, I think. And the referees called it back because they said this arm movement was the equivalent of calling for a fair catch, so he should have never run with the ball. Forget the fact that then, in that case, the ball would have been the play would have been dead, and nobody should have been trying to tackle him. But then, but then, the World Series game where uh, I can't remember which one it was, but there's the guy sitting behind home plate that had the sign. He had his uh, Hawk, Iowa Hawkeyes t-shirt on, and he had a sign that said, uh, he, that was not a fair catch. <laughs> oh,
0: my Hawkeyes gosh. Signed,
1: do the World Series, King. That was incredible.
0: That was incredible. Oh, I was unaware uh, that that happened. That's hilarious. Yeah. Love but
1: it. But their pleas aren't going. They're, they're falling on deaf referee ears.
0: So.
1: <laughs> what can you do?
0: oh well do we would just want to go ahead and punch out of here
2: sure
1: yeah the clock's ticking it's been a good time kevin i always appreciate your message asking me to come in and uh for the dan keisters of the world i hope this microphone helps my audio quality a little bit but uh i am uh, happy to join you happy to suck down a low uh alcohol low calorie low carb beer uh, Happy to be the uh the the love child of Steve Williams and Cameron Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to not be as famous as they are anymore. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, it, was, it was good to talk to you about the little bit of wrestling that i know anything about
0: yeah and i am uh just about done with my 10.5 percent beer so it's probably a good time to uh wrap up since it's only been an hour and that is uh, <laughs> uh a nice and heavy beer even if it's not north of uh 13 percent like eric thought it would be i don't honestly i don't have a whole lot of beers that are that high like oh my god I, I, i'm not like my my uh brother-in-law like his floor for abv is like nine percent i'm just like dude you're asking for a lot here like i feel like there's i'm like you're kind of missing a whole world of beer when you don't go below that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of beers that i like that are above that number
1: i'm sending you uh hopefully this doesn't mess things up but i'm sending you a link to a local beer it's an imperial it's an imperial imperial try that again on a boy shows how many lights guys i can handle um, Imperial <laughs> double stout that's twelve three. okay so anything oh. more than that it might as well just be wine
0: uh yeah i mean that is uh getting to that point and i do know that, yeah there are definitely a couple that i have because what is that oh the wolf's ridge uh brewing here in columbus uh one of the better uh brewers out the uh, out of town here uh i know their anniversary beer now has just become like a blend of all of their different bourbon barrel beers over the course of the last year and it's the weirdest beer ever because like you kind of taste i can't believe that you can taste everything that kind of went into it but you can taste everything somehow like it just doesn't blend together and become some weird blob of a beer uh and it's it's really really fucking good and i i haven't had that the uh, anniversary beer for this year yet but uh, I, I am looking forward to it, but that's, yeah, that one's in this 12.3% category where it's just like, gee, many Christmas. Like I, I couldn't have thought about this stuff when in college I was always excited. I need to look up what it is. Oh, they're asking me to join untapped now. It's just like, I'm oh, in. sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in, uh, uh, I'm trying to look at what, uh, Oh no! Not Molson Molson Ice was definitely what? Okay, that's five point six percent. Oh my God, that was a high ABV beer. Yeah, uh, back when I was no, don't do that to me. I'm looking for the other Molson.
2: It's that ice, or was some
1: sort of high gravity, or I don't know some of those other like buzzwords that make you think like.
0: Oh my gosh! Looking at
1: that stuff back then, like you didn't know it was more than four point two, but you know it was going to
2: get you fucked up.
0: Uh, You could only get in. Kent was close enough to Detroit, which had the bridge over to um, Canada, there to Windsor, uh, Mm -hmm. to go get Canadian beer. And I always remember asking people that were going there to get Molson Triple X for me. Do you want to take a guess at what the ABV was and why, like, because it was a high ABV for the time. For the time?
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So, I I, I am at least throwing out a clue here.
1: Okay. And you just told me that Molson Ice was 5'6". So, I'm going to go, like, 6'4".
0: Seven,
2: three. Oh, ooh,
0: ooh. Look Yeah, I, I can't believe that I'm just like, because that was one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, this is just a math problem. Like, if I get a higher ABV beer, I'm going to get more drunk quickly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I this like, this is some easy math here, people. Like, I'm... I'm uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, I can't believe that I was worried, and now I'm drinking uh, 10.3% beers, uh, yeah, or 10.5% yeah. beers. Just it, I, I mean, they're relatively easy to get. Honestly, beers that are oh, that heavy,
1: course. absolutely that. I love how that heavy. Um,
0: uh, yeah, well, what was like- it? Uh, just I, I want to say it was like maybe two years ago or something. Ohio raised the ABV laws here because Michigan had higher gravity beers and so did Pennsylvania and all the Ohio brewers like, hey guys, like, we need this to compete. Uh, The one brewery in town, Zaftig Brewing, was just sitting on a beer because the day that it was legal to serve those beers, they were, they served a 17% beer.
1: That's not even beer at that point. That's a, that's a misnomer. I also love the idea that this person was like he, like when they, when the law, when the gavel hit the the stand. This fucker had a top hat and a monocle and a sash that said Mayor of Beertown on it. And he had like a, his, his town crier had a megaphone, tap the keg! And like, there are all these drunkards in the street just waiting. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I did specifically come back. I, I want to say it was from Easter uh, in, in Pennsylvania. I'm like, nah, we need to try this. It did not taste great.
1: I'm sure,
0: oh my God, uh, you know, that's like good. I love a lot of uh, a lot of their beer like it's another one of those ones to me that's uh, you know on the short list of you know if you only have a choice of a handful in town to go to Zaftig's one of them, <laughs> but uh, that beer in particular, I'm like, nah, like I, I got gotcha. you like I'm glad, and they do a lot of heavy beers so. They're probably one of those places that I trust to execute that. But it's just like, no, that's just not necessary, guys. Like, like you said, like when you get over wine, ABV, like when you're talking over 13%, it the taste starts to get a little dicey.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't even think I could sip that through a tiny straw and enjoy it in like small increments. Oh, that sounds terrible! It's like it's it's tr- they're trolling us. hell? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get up to seventeen seven next year. You watch
0: out. Oh, and there was something absurd. Like I tried to get it, and, and Jeremy and I talked about splitting the cost of it. They um, BrewDog is it, it's a, originally a Scottish company, but they have made their U.S. manufacturing plant just outside of Columbus here. Okay. And them and this German co- uh, company that have had a pissing contest over highest ABV, like they've met, ma- I, I want to say it was over 50%. <laughs> uh, like, and they had this super limited supply and I tried to buy it because it was going to be like $90 for the bottle. And I'm like, Jeremy, do you want to split this? Cause this is fucking absurd, <laughs> and it's gonna taste terrible. too. And, and uh, I love how they have all these testimonies about, oh no, it tasted great. And I'm just like, I'm not sure, guys. <laughs> like I've tasted Everclear. Just just because there's a high ABV uh, for the, your liquor doesn't mean it's good either. Yeah, <laughs> that just that just stuff just burns going down. It's just like, there is no enjoyment. Like, the alcohol content is so high.
1: I love the idea of testimonials for this, too, where it's like, Richard M. writes, I really enjoyed the first few sips of this, but then my vision started blurring, and Katie, can you finish writing this for me?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it was like people from the brewery, too, giving them and it's like, really like, ah, I'm not going to believe you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this just sounds terrible. <laughs>
1: it's like they scraped the bottom of the, of the, the, whatever the hell, the, the container. It makes like, I picture like the only thing you could do beyond this is some sort of weird, like Joe Rogan, flotation, sensory deprivation. Like just get in the thing. Whereas the beer is fermenting, get in the tank and just soak it in about the only way
0: you're going to get higher and grosser than that. Oh, so, okie doke. Yeah, another beer diatribe aside. Uh, At DeFrango11, at something something, so that he doesn't get in trouble for his job, I guess. And uh, the brand is at Stunt Granny. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Download us at any other locations, whether it's Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, or Amazon. Have a good night, grandkids.